St. Warburg's Derby. So as I mentioned earlier, us this evening is going to be slightly different. We have four people, four members of our community who've never really done this before, who are going to come and preach. I've asked them to come and share for five minutes on what does Christmas mean to me, or to them, more importantly. It's not just about me, it's about them. Um, and so that's what they've got, five minutes. Now, this is the first time that they might be doing this. So um, I'm trusting that St. Warburg's, as a, an authentic community, we're going to lean in. We're going to support those who are stepping into this for the first time. And so I'm going to invite Ash to come and kick us off this evening. So for those of you who don't know, my name is Asher. What does Christmas mean for me? So when Andy asked me to do this, I thought I'd ask a few, a handful of people what Christmas meant for them in just three words. So I got quite a lot of responses, all quite different. A few of them were like, um, for example, God with us or God's rescue mission. Um, but the main majority of them were three different words to describe Christmas. For example, peace, family, laughter, love, joy, peace, family, laughter, love, family, charity, kindness, family, joy, expensive. Um, I also got the more amusing um, words such as booze, food, and Santa. Um, But it really struck me that I guess about two-thirds of um, responses that I'd uh, I'd got had the word family in. Um, And it struck me how important people rate family at Christmas time. Um, Because I guess some people, it's the only chance to um, spend time with their family if they live abroad or there's other difficulties. But for me, Christmas is all about presents. The more, the better. So as a child, I used to love presents. I still do. And the surprise of having a present under the tree to be able to open the next day often meant, especially as a kid, it was a sleepless night. But today I'm not talking about presents with a T-S. I'm talking about presents with a C-E, as in God's presents. Matthew 1.23. In the run-up to that, um, the angel comes to Mary and tells her she will give birth to a son and call his name Jesus. And then the angel uh, backs it up with a prophecy from Isaiah. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. So God with us, that's God's presence with us here on earth. Okay, so going back to family. Now, family could mean a range of things. It could mean your nuclear family or your extended family, or the family as in the church, or a much bigger family than that. And um, that really links well to God's presence, because um, as you'll see from this verse, um, in Ephesians 2, 2, 3 verses, 19 to 22. So then, you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone, in whom the whole structure, being joined together, grows into a holy temple in the Lord. In him you were also built together into a dwelling place for God by the Spirit. So here we're talking about being members of the household of God. Okay, so that's the family bit. So let's link the family to presence. Well, Jesus is God's presence on earth. At Christmas, we remember Jesus comes to earth, born as a baby. Then he grows up. He dies for our sin. 
raises from the dead again and conquers death. So by that, we have the opportunity to accept it, to be made clean, and then be children of God. So God's family. It was really interesting to see how many people uh, rated families so highly. Um, And I asked a range of people from a Christian and a non-Christian background. And uh, maybe for some, as I said, family isn't that easy. But, remember, everyone can join God's family. And more importantly, everyone can have a perfect, loving, personal relationship with Jesus that beats any human one. So I guess for me this Christmas, I'm going to spend more time thinking about being a child of God and enjoying being part of God's family. And if you haven't accepted the offer of friendship with Jesus, that personal, perfect relationship, then why not do it this Christmas? Hello. Um, My name is Ellie. (laughs) I'm a little bit nervous about speaking in front of lots of people, but I'm also very excited. Um, So I've recently been reflecting on what Christmas means to me, and I guess as I grew up, Christmas was very superficial. Um, Its meaning to me was the fact I would get lots of presents and good food. Um, So even from a young age, it was about what I could get out of it. And when our joy relies too heavily on what we have, it can very easily be taken away. Um, Just like in primary school, one year I was given the starring role of Mary in the Nativity. And I was able to boast to all my friends and family about my newfound fame and fortune. It was very exciting. Um, And then the next year, due to my exceptional performance, I was naturally expecting to reprise my leading role, only to be downgraded to the innkeeper's wife, which was a very humbling experience for a six-year-old. I guess the fact is that even when we are young, we are taught by the world to be satisfied by our circumstances, um, by what we have and, and what we've achieved. And by the time I was 17, I was very lost, angry, And in the process of making a lot of bad choices, I won't go into a long backstory now, but um, let's just say life circumstances didn't quite work out how I imagined. Um, And I want to be very real here because we all go through stuff, um, you know, stuff that brings great pain and, and we hurt and our hearts cry out for something to change and Even things that we went through years ago seem to come back to haunt us. And it's very easy to be defined by our past or even what we're going through right now. But in the midst of um, my deepest pain, something happened that made the um, baby lying in a manger so much more than a nice story I once acted out in primary school. Um, The meaning of Christmas was completely turned from my selfishness to Jesus' selflessness. Um, I don't really know how to put it into words, but I found, I found Jesus to be true. I did. I, I found him to be true. And, like, it sounds crazy. And, like, the me back then when I was, like, 16 and really hurting, um, you know, if I could 
talk to her now, like, and if she was sitting like at the front, she'd think I've gone mad. Because it just never was a thing. Jesus, like, you know, it's a story, whatever. Um, but as I look back, and I can't deny what's happened in my life, I can't, I can't comprehend like how this story can be so real and so true. But it is. And my favorite part of the Christmas story is told in the book of Luke, and it's after the shepherds have visited and are returning to their fields. And it says that they rejoiced in all they had seen and heard, because it was just as they had been told. And after almost seven years since I first started following him, just like the shepherds, I rejoice, because I have discovered that everything that I have seen and everything that I have heard is just as I was told. And when the promises of God written in the Bible become true in your life, you realize that Christianity is so much more than saying a prayer and gaining a ticket to someday go to heaven. Jesus invites us into a new life right now. And this is why Christmas means so much to me. Because when Jesus came into this world, he brought the hope of transformation. From the moment I turned to him, my heart and my mind were transformed. My anger was turned into love, my hopelessness into hope, and he gave me redemption. In his presence, there is true joy that can be found even in the darkest hour. He says we don't have to fear anymore because there is peace in him that transcends, that goes beyond all understanding. His love is unfailing. He gives us strength in our weakness, and he never leaves nor forsakes us. This is what we have been told. It's in the Bible, it's God's word, and this is what I have found to be true. And I still go through many challenges, and and life is tough sometimes, as as some people know what's been going on recently. But we don't have to try and be a good Christian, because it doesn't work, and you just end up feeling down because you messed up on that one thing once again, or you didn't read your Bible that day, or you forgot to pray. I've learned that just being with him, that is what matters. His presence in our life is where the change and the transformation comes from. And if you don't yet know him, I truly hope that you will one day, like me and like the shepherds, find that what I have said is just as you were told. Amen. My name's Emma, and I'm part of the staff team here. Most of my job involves organising Phil, so, you know, (laughs) pray for me. (laughs) It's tough. (laughs) So, what does Christmas mean to me? Well, when Phil first asked me that question, I'm sure my response was probably mince pies. Mince pies. Um, But, you know, there's probably a bit more than that. Because my second thought was also family drama and tension. Because there's something about Christmas where you have to have fun. It's enforced time of fun. And not only that, but you must be locked in a room with all your relatives and you must have fun with them. And it must be fun and jolly and lovely. But you know, it's not always like that. I love a Christmas movie. I love all of the, you know, the picturesqueness. I love the fact that it snows, but no one ever gets cold or wet. I love the fact that they have hot chocolates. There's Christmas trees. It's just beautiful. You know, they always have to have a log fire. But it's just an image of a perfect Christmas, which isn't that real. You know, it's trying to say to us, you know, life will be rosy and bright as long as 
the machine doesn't start up. <laughs> but they, you know, life will be rosy and bright as long as you've got the stockings hanging in a neat arch over the fireplace. As long as the dog is happily snuggled up in his basket next to the fire. But it's not like that. It's really not. So the reality is quite different. And often it involves misunderstandings and disappointments and tension. And of course, quite often a few tears. And not just from the kids. So some had to deal with the family drama. He was betrothed to Mary. And so they were engaged. But it was a bit more serious. More of a legal binding agreement. And she was not supposed to get pregnant. Not by Joseph and not by anybody else. So when she comes to him and says that she's pregnant, that's pretty much a scandal. She's taking drama to a whole new level. So then his response is thinking, oh, I'll have to divorce her, which again is a massive scandal. But so he decides he'll do it quietly and save her blushes. So it's not surprising, I don't think, that we need an angel to reassure him. So if we look at Matthew chapter 1, verse 20... But after he had considered this, that is, the plan to divorce Mary, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, And they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. So in this passage, we have what I think is one of the most exciting verses in the Bible. Verse 23, Jesus is named Emmanuel, God with us. This is about God coming down from heaven, about coming and living on earth, being part of us. It's so huge. It's so incredible. It's kind of difficult to to wrap your mind around it, this idea that a holy, glorious, wonderful God would choose to come in a human form. He's a perfect God that chose to come to an imperfect world. A perfect God that chose to be with imperfect humans. And all this is just to show his deep love for us. So what this part of the Christmas story tells me is that this is a God that understands chaos and tension and disappointments. He isn't a stranger to dashed hopes and he can handle it. Jesus is not just for those wonderful movie perfect moments, but he's also for all the other days, for the good days, the bad days, the in-between days. Emmanuel, God with us. God is with us in all situations. So this is what Christmas really means for me. Yes, it might mean mince pies, and yes, it might mean enforced fun with my family, but really it means Emmanuel, God with us. God with us in whatever situation we face this Christmas. God with us. So whatever is going on for you, just know that this Christmas, that it is Emmanuel, God with us. Uh, evening all. Um, so yeah, my name's Charlie, and uh, Christmas. I, uh, I straight up love Christmas. Um, I love the lights. Well, hey. Uh, I love the foods, um, I've recently become vegetarian, and the vegetarian game this year is quite strong. There's a little pun in there for those of you that can spot it. Um, game, poultry, if you're with me, no. Um, but I love the story, I love the story of Christmas, and there's a part in it that I feel like we really miss. It's that God became human. It's just that word, 
human. So it says in the Bible that the word became flesh and blood and it moved into the neighborhood. And we sort of skip over that sometimes. So I want you to join me on kind of a, a narrative that's definitely real for me. And if it starts to feel real for you, then please feel free to insert yourself into this. Make this about you as well. Maybe it's not just you. Maybe it's your family. Maybe it's the city, the world, the church. I don't know. But humor me. So there I am one night in a dark corner, completely alone. Around me is my life, completely broken, the collateral damage of all of my junk, my sin, my temptation, my anger and rage, these broken relationships, these fragmented parts of my heart that I'm desperately trying to scramble together into something that I can hopefully make beat again. And it's not working. None of it's working. And I'm crying out because I need that, to some of you, may be the most unbelievable part of this story, that God rocks up. Charlie, you're having a spot of bother. Can I help you? Just take my hand and we'll work through this together. See, I get it. I know what's going on. I know how to fix it because I'm your dad. I created you. I know everything there is to know. So let me help you. And I look at God and say, maybe out of my own anger, but I say, do you know what? No, go away. Just no, not today. Because do you know what, God, as much as you say it, you don't get it. You don't get what it's like to be human. You never have. You never will. You're up there in heaven with your superpowers and your angels and your brilliant mind and your perfection surrounded by all these amazing things. But at the heart of hearts of it, you don't know what it's like to be human. You don't get hunger. You've never been hungry. You've never been desperate. You've never been hurt. You've never... You don't know anger. You don't know fear. You don't even know what it's like to be afraid of death. You don't know abandonment. You don't know thirst. You don't know rage. You don't know anything. So how can I take your hand and follow you out of this when you so clearly don't get it? And now we come back to the human part of this word. See, the word became flesh and blood, moved into the neighborhood. God standing before me takes off his princely glory, takes off his heavenly robes. God is described as having feet that look like polished brass, not anymore. He's described as holding the universe in his hands, nuh-uh, no time for that. He's described as having a face bright as the sun and eyes of fire, not today, because today God's human. Today God has the face of a man. And he looks at me, maybe he looks at you. Maybe he looked at the weary world that night a couple of thousand years ago and said, hey, look at me now. I'm human. I'm just like you. I know fear. I've lived it. I know pain. I've felt it. I know hunger and thirst. I know abandonment. I know everything you're going through. My life has been broken as well. I get it. I've experienced all the temptation you're going through, but here's the game changer. I didn't fall to that. So you may look at me and say, I don't get it, but he does. God is when I am in that place, that place I so often fall back to. I remember that first Christmas, and I see God standing there in front of me, recognizing the face of a man, but 
but also seeing God. See, he gets it. He's lived through it, and he came out the other side, perfect, unblemished, untarnished, having lived that perfect life. So then when he holds his hand out to me and says, follow me through this, I know that I can trust him. Amen.